0: All right, so let's get into some practice problems <clears throat> sorry about acids and bases. So I'm going to start showing you some possible directions of a reaction and I want you to tell me why path A is more likely than path B. Okay, so you're going to have to let me finish um so let me break the question. So why is path A more likely than path B and this relates to acids and bases that kind of deal so join me on this magic carpet ride um and I'm still irritated so my voice is still sounding pissed off and I'm sorry it'll go away eventually but yeah so we're gonna start off with this compound which is known as acetic acid um it's also known as ethanoic acid if you remember from naming why is it ethanoic acid so let's count the carbons here so there's this one carbon here one carbon here that's two two carbons is f um we know that every all the carbon bonds are single, so it's going to be N. We know that, hopefully, you know that this right here is a carboxylic acid, so that is going to introduce the oic acid ending, so this is ethanoic acid. But we do use um, the common name of acetic acid, so there's that. All right, so let's get into what's actually happening here. So... Let me redraw, now that I've used up space to have a little lesson about how you name things. <clears throat> so this is my starting compound, is this acetic acid. So for, we have two options for what could be our base, right? Because our base is going to be something that has either lone pairs or negative charge. Well, clearly we don't have, <coughs> sorry, we don't have, um, negative charge on this compound, we do have a couple of lone pairs. So we have option A. And then let me, uh, so this is going to be our H plus that we're going to attack. This is the, the floating acid, right? So it's just some, some H plus. You'll realize a lot of what we do. If something's in acidic conditions, you can just put H plus. I don't need you to <coughs> Um, specify where it came from. You can just be like, I know we're an acid or I know I've created an H plus in this reaction. So H plus, woo, I'm totally okay with that. All right, so um, version A is if you take one of these lone pairs off of the carbonyl oxygen and you attack that. So here's A, we're gonna call this the A series. So we go back and forth. Remember, everything is equilibrium for now. I'm gonna keep drawing the equilibrium arrows. At some point, I will get tired of doing that. Um, okay, so we got OHO to this H. It is now going to be a positively charged <clears throat> oxygen. We want to... we That's what we have. The thing is, because we have this double bond, we can do, you know what's coming, delocalization of that charge <clears throat> via what do you know, resonance. So we will take the lone pair, form a new bond in order not to break the octet the octet rule and have five bonds of carbon. We're gonna move this up here. The result is going to be, and because this is resonance, right? We're gonna use the resonance arrow. You can also include um, the brackets if you feel so inclined. So we will have this this is OH and now this is going to be positively charged and then we're going to have the H, OH, and this will be neutral okay so that's one option alternatively we can do path B which is where we have the lone pair from the OH part of the carboxylic acid so this is um, so this is path B so if we're doing this we will have you do o h oops h line o where is blue h we are now going to have a positively charged oxygen here so we want to see if we can do <clears throat> some kind of delocalization by resonance right so your thought should be, okay, well, I could take this double bond because, right, you can do this with double bonds or lone pairs of electrons. So, I can go up and do this. Well, if we do that, what you end up with, and I should probably put this in green, but I'm not going to, um, you're going to have this, I'm going to abbreviate this, but now you're going to have this your compound, right? Because you can't break a single bond, you just a new molecule, it's a reaction. We're talking about resonance. If we do this, now we've created two positive charges that are right next to each other and a negative charge. So we went from one charge to three, which is bad news bears. We have positive charges on neighboring atoms neighboring atoms which is just bad altogether um and what else so this is just not not good so like if this is going to happen it is very energetically energetically unfavorable because you cannot delocalize that charge that is why um the path a is the more likely path okay so that's that's what we mean by saying atoms with lone pairs can work as bases so arguably yes path b can happen and welcome to organic chemistry everything that can happen will happen it's just how much of it will happen and can you even detect what happens um got my residence records over here which is why i don't usually use them but there's that so path a is a better so that oxygen is the better base oxygen this is the better base than the oh oxygen All right, so I think I mentioned um, carbocation. so I'm gonna keep going. I'm going to pause real quick and find uh, the strong weak acid thing and get back to you. pause. Okay, so here's a table from the textbooks, table 4.1, as you can see. So let's kind of highlight a couple of things <clears throat> that I think are gonna be interesting. I'm gonna use, uh, what color should I use? Let's go with uh, yellow, hopefully that looks good. So if we look at ethane, right, so we got this the first one, pKa is 51. So if you make the conjugate base, it is, you have to be at a wicked extreme pH for it to want to stay like that. So it's um, more likely to stay as ethane. If you consider, for instance, um, bicarb. So I think bicarb is really interesting. And this is relevant if you are pre-health and we talk about the pH of blood because our bodies depend on the acid-base equilibrium between um, carbonic acid, bicarbonate, and carbonate anions. So bicarbonate has a pKa of 10.33. So p- the pH of your body of blood is, I want to say 7.4. I still haven't looked this up, even though I said I was this up like a year ago, 7.4. So that means at 7.4, Is the bicarbonate ion going to be protonated or deprotonated? Well, the pH is lower than the pKa, so you're gonna have more in the bicarbonate form. And I don't know if carbonic acid is on here. Let me look up real quick what the pKa of carbonic acid is. PKa carbonic acid is 6.3. Okay, so that's this is going to be really cool. This is only going to be cool to me. That's fine. So pKa of carbonic acid is let's call it six point four. Okay, so if your pH is if your blood pH is seven point four, I mean most of this is going to be in the deprotonated state. Okay, so it's going to be as bicarbonate, which is really awesome because if you do something that causes the pH of your blood to go down. Right, you have some bicarbonate there that will pick up that proton and turn into carbonic acid to help maintain your pH. Right, think this is buffers. This is what buffers are all about. If for some reason you do something and the pH of your blood goes up, you have time before you start needing to use your convert into carbonic acid. So this is um, so bicarbonate is just like it's a wicked awesome buffer system. But so that's what that means. So if you think about it, if you're at seven point four, bicarbonate is the major Version, carbonic acid is minor. If you have, um, sorry, not carbonic acid. What am I doing? It car- car- carb carbon ion, carbonate anion. I don't know why I'm scratching it out. It was a sheet of paper. I can just erase. Um, so carbonate anion is going to be minor. So you're going to have, I mean, you're going to have some, right? But most, most of it all is going to be in the bicarb form. Um, Whereas if you're in the carbonic acid, most of it's going to be in bicarb form. Hopefully that makes sense. So let's consider um, something that we really super duper love. So hydrogen fluoride. Hydrogen fluoride is like my favorite acid of all time, mostly because it can kill you. Um, And it kills you in a really, really fascinating way. It's, um, it basically leaches all the calcium out of your, it like calcifies you. It's just, it's just awesome. I mean, I wouldn't recommend looking it up um but it is if you want to get rid of somebody hydrogen fluoride um it will also dissolve everything put in it but that's a different, different problem so it's got a pka of 3.2 so that means if you have it in let's say water at ph of seven most of it is going to be in f minus form because the ph is greater than the pka so it's going to be f minus is your major interior. If you have a really acidic conditions and your pH is one, most of it would be in HF form. So hopefully that helps clarify what that means. And so this means that we, so what we say is that hydrogen fluoride is a strong acid because at, at neutral pH, most of it's going to be in base form. And not even like, it's not even, because remember the PKA and pH scale is logarithmic. It's not linear. So it's not even like, it's a little bit more, like this is way more, right? So hydrogen chloride, as you can see is negative seven. That's why it's a strong acid. Hydrogen bromide, negative eight. That's why it's a strong acid because it's PKA is so low that in any kind of pH we can really work with, it's gonna be in its deprotonated form. So it's gonna, you're gonna have H plus separate from the anion. So that's what's happening there. Um, the last uh, practice problem I'm going to do in here. <clears throat> let me do this. Oh, and so this is what dictates um, equilibrium. So let me pull up another image for you. This is from your textbook again. Um, so if you're trying to figure out what is the reaction, oops, this always does this in this really, really weird way. Okay. So you're like, oh, I don't know which way this reaction is going to go between these two things, you compare the um, PKAs. So let's say, um, assume you're at pH 7, you have a reaction between methanol, deprotonate, methoxide anion, and ethane, right? Ethane has a PKA of 51. So it's it's not going to be deprotonated unless you are super mega awesome basic. Methoxide, you have to be basic, yes, but not nearly as basic as ethane. So if you've got to pick one that's going to be deprotonated. It's going to be the methanol because the pKa is lower, so it is the more acidic of the two. Let me write that out. So, you, if you're looking at this later, you know what this means. So, if reaction um, between methanol and ethane, and obviously they wouldn't be in this form. You would do an acid-base reaction. So you'd pick, you know, CH3O minus plus CH3CH3, then it's like you would expect the reaction to be CH3OH plus CH3CH2 minus. Um, This is equilibrium, is really what it is. The equilibrium is heavily, heavily in that direction because the pKa of methoxide is much, much lower than the pKa of. CH3, CH2 minus. Okay, so that tells you which way your equilibrium is going to go. All right, so another example, let's do one more of how this all plays out. So if you have acetic acid, which has a pKa of 4.76, and you have NH4+, so these are both acids, which has a pKa, of 9.24, which one's the stronger acid, right? So this is asking you which one has the lower pKa. So this is the stronger acid. Okay. That means this is going to have a stronger conjugate base. Okay, so the reaction you're going to have is going to be, (coughs) sorry, acetic acid plus ammonia gives you an equilibrium, because it's always equilibrium for now, O minus the acetate anion plus NH4 plus, and so the reaction is going to go in this direction. Okay, so hopefully that makes sense. That is how PKA works. This is gonna come up throughout the entire course. We'll talk about, oh, how do you know which one's going to be the nucleophile, which one's going to be the electrophile? You look at PKA. So the higher the PKA, the more likely it is to be a nucleophile or electrophile. If you don't know what those terms mean, watch the next video for chapter four and then come back to this. All right. All right, this is going to be a video that talks about the factors, how do you determine if something is a stronger or weaker acid? Because this is a question that I will ask you a lot. It is meant to be an easy question. Um, you just need to remember all of the factors. But I, it sounds like a lot, but all of the factors are related to each other. And so you can usually um, put them all together and to figure out what the answer is. Now, mind you, if I ask you a question about this, I will do my best to make sure it's obvious. So just like um, when I did the question around, I'm trying to remember what the other Topic was. Um, oh, boiling point, melting point. So it's like I'm not going to give you something that's got weird branching and something that's different sizes. I'll make the differences obvious so that you don't have to make a judgment call of which factor is the bigger factor. Okay. So let's, I'm going to go through the ones I did in the original video and kind of explain how I got to each of those answers. So let's start with um, the methanol versus methylamine versus ethane. Okay. So this is CH3. So H versus CH3NH2 versus CH3CH3. So if you remember the first uh, rule to consider was the negative charge on the more electronegative atom. So the CH3 is constant in all of these. So the electronegative atom we're going to talk about is the oxygen versus the nitrogen versus carbon on the second half. So like we can basically ignore the left half because it's all the same. So if you remember your trends from Dunchem-1, electronegativity goes up and to the right. So if you look at this part of the periodic table, it goes B-C-N-O-F-N-E. I only know this because I'm an organic chemist, and these are the ones we use the most. Okay, So if we're going across, that means oxygen is more electronegative than nitrogen, which is more electronegative than carbon. So that means this is going to be the most acidic. This is going to be, so this is one meaning most acidic proton. Remember, we're talking about the proton, and this is something people really like to get confused about. We're talking about this guy right here, okay? So that means I'm saying that it is more likely to go like this than you are likely to get CH3NH minus, Then you're likely to get CH3CH2 minus. And you can look at the PKAs, for these to also see, because remember this is like 15.7, somewhere around there. This is, I think 51, I think we said, I think this is around 38. I'd have to go look at my table, um, but there's that. So this is saying that's most acidic. This is the least acidic. So this is the least likely to lose its proton. So that's how you'd rank them. So whenever you do a ranking problem, make sure that your answer is clear. Because sometimes I'll ask the question and I, I, I'm like, rank it you know from strongest to weakest. So if you're not sure if you're doing it correctly, or if you did it backwards, just make sure you label, this is the strongest, this is the weakest. And that way, even if you do it in a flipped order, I can still follow what you were trying to do. Okay, so that was for rule one. So let's go to rule two, which was the negative charge on the larger atom. So again, we're going back to Gen Chem 1 with um, periodic trends. So we had CH3SH versus um, CH3OH. And again, I if we do this, we're gonna make it obvious. The difference here is obviously oxygen versus sulfur. If you remember atomic size goes increases going, I know it goes down. I always forget if it's left or right. I have to go, I'd have to think about it, but that's not relevant. So in this case, sulfur is the bigger atom. Um, And so if you're wondering why, oh, so let me go back to the first one. So we're talking electronegative. We're saying how well does this atom hold a charge? So the more electronegative an atom, the better it can handle having that charge. So that's why oxygen, Right, is the more electronegative atom. So having an O minus is energetically, I mean, on the relative scale, energetically favorable. Putting it on a carbon is not because it's not very electronegative. So it's not really trying to attract pro- uh, pro- uh, sorry, electrons to itself. That's what's happening? So why does atomic size matter? So if you think about, um, if you remember like these old school that you do the first time, you know, you do the little thing with the orbitals and you're like, oh, there's two here. You come out and then you do your, I don't know. I can't really do these, but whatever. You got your one, two, three, four, five, six, whatever. So that's your p orbital. You know, this is your next s orbital. And this is obviously not how it actually looks. But you know, you go around until you hit, I think this is like 3p4, is what it is, right? Where this is 2p4. So this doesn't have so much. So the thing is, the bigger the atom is, the more. Sp- space there is for that charge to be held right so in oxygen you're relatively compact so if you put a charge on the charge is going to run it like the charge is going to be a lone pair of electrons which means the lone pair of electrons are going to run into other lone pairs of electrons in sulfur because it's so big and the orbitals give so much space the inner layers won't see that extra lone pair as much they won't repel it as much so having big space because you can think about um induced polarization right where if you have a sulfur you know yeah hopefully it's all evenly distributed. the charge is all evenly distributed like like that so right you got negative everywhere it's just all negative but if you get um some kind of induced polarizations so there's just a time where the probability is most of the charge is going to be most of the negative charge will be on one side so the other side will be relatively positive positive. and so that's why having this extra lone pair is okay So it is the more acidic um, compound. So all this to say, this is most acidic and this is least, right? And so if you remember, we're talking about what the conjugate base looks like. So we're looking at CH3S minus versus CH3O minus, right? And so the electron cloud around sulfur is bigger, so it can handle the negative charge better in terms of uh, keeping charges apart. All right, so number three is delocalization uh, via resonance. So we do this, all right, and we're doing it versus this. So remember, we're looking at the deprotonated form because an acid is going to give away that proton. So here's what we got. So on ethanol, there's nowhere for that alone, that negative charge to go, right? You've got these lone pairs here on oxygen. If you try to go here, you break the OTTEC rule. And that means you'd have to break a bond, which means you're creating a new molecule. It's a reaction, not resonance. So there's no resonance here. If you look at acetic acid, so you have these lone pairs, right? But because you have that double bond, you can do a resonance where this happens, and you end up with the negative charge on the other oxygen, and it can bounce back and forth. And that is what makes it um, a good acid, because once you create that charge, it's delocalized, which lowers the energy, which makes it more stable. So it can handle being um, in this form better than the other one can. So this is the most acidic of those two. And that's what resonance can do. But it has to be, let me clarify if you've got um, like this, these over here don't matter. Because even though that if you had a charge and you could have resonance, they don't connect to where the negative charge will actually be right? Because if you go here, you've got an extra bond that you'd have to deal with and you end up making five bonds to carbon. Okay. So that's the problem with that. So that's why that's the most acidic. So it has to be resonance that will delocalize the charge produced by the formation of the acid. Okay. Let's go to the next one. That was Spreading charge due to electron withdrawing groups. Okay, so I did two. So let's start with this one. So we've got CH3CH2OH versus C... Oops, I keep doing that. CF3CH2OH. So this is the acidic proton. So again, we're gonna focus on what happens after you remove it. So we're gonna have CH3CH2O minus versus CF3CH2O minus. So the difference between this is fluorine. If you remember, we just talked about electronegativity. Here, fluorine is the most electronegative atom in the periodic table. Like it's just facts, periodic table. So that means it is trying to draw electrons to itself. So when you create, and this is why I say you have to kind of remember that organic chemistry is in 3D. So if you have a molecule, which is going to be like basically a big cloud of electrons, right? Fluorine is going to pull all of that electron density towards itself as much as it can. Now, oxygen is going to fight back, like oxygen is no fool, but fluorine is just stronger. So even though there is this carbon in between, it's pulling electron density. So that means that this oxygen won't have a completely firm negative charge. Um, Just, and it's similar to how it happens in resonance, right? It's not a constant. The negative charge is not constant. It kind of goes back and forth. So the way we represent that sometimes is you'll see somebody do a drawing like this. And do a dotted line and then have like a minus charge to show that the negative charge bounces between those two atoms. So, in this case, the negative charge is going to go towards the CF3, it will never be a full blown charge over there, but it will help take some of it away from the oxygen. So, it's a better acid. So, this is a stronger acid. And as you can imagine, proximity matters, which is why when we do, um, The other example I I had done, so I'm gonna change colors, even though we're talking about the same thing. Um, You have CF3OH versus CF3OH versus, let me erase that. I haven't been writing the versus. Versus CF3, wait, one, two, three, here we go. This, right? This CF3 is much closer than this CF3. This is three carbon away. This is two carbons away. This is one carbon away. And again, keep in mind we're thinking about the conjugate base form. So this is the O minus. So the closer that electronegative atom is, the better it's going to be at pulling that negative charge. I don't know. I'm like sitting here gesturing, like I have my video on, you can't see me, but whatever. Um at pulling that negative charge away. Now you're still gonna get pull here in this three carbon distance. There's still pull. It's just not as strong. So if you were to do um, this versus a CH3 do, 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 OH, this is gonna be the stronger acid because the F3 is still gonna have an impact on um, on the electron density around the oxygen once it's deprotonated, but it's just not going to be a strong. So in this case, this is your strongest acid. So this is number one. This is going to be your weakest acid, weakest acid. Hopefully that makes sense. All right. So last example, we're going to talk about what I said is the negative charge in orbitals with more S character. So I had mentioned you have, let's do CH3. I'll draw them out as opposed to what I did was I did line angle in the other one. So let's do this double bond CH2. I'm gonna do CH triple bond CH. So if you think about it, you and this is where hybridization is important. These are both SP3. These are both SP2. These are both SP. Okay. That means this orbital here on the left is 25% S character. So I like to think it's like it's one, it's one S plus three P. So it's 25% of the total four. Here, it is 33% S character because you can see there's one S plus two P's. So there's a total of three and then so that it's 33% S character. Here, it is 50% S character. So this is the most acidic, and this is the least acidic, is the ethane. Uh, and so, and I say, we say like, oh, most is least acidic. Now, you gotta look at the PKA values to figure out how strong of an acid are we talking about, right? Because it's not like the PKA of ethane is super great and awesome. It's just that it happens to be more acidic than ethane or ethene. But so that's how the rules come into play. I love to ask these questions. It's kind of just like warm up, you know, get into it. Here's your easy, easy get it right question. Um, So make sure you understand, you know how to look for things. Again, if I decide to mix more than one of these concepts, I will do my best to make it glaringly obvious, like what the differences are and when you should compare